Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press's Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News' Adam Fisher. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. I'm News Press sports reporter Adam Regan, and sitting in today for Naples Daily News reporter Adam Fisher is the hardworking Andy Sodegren. Andy, how are you today? Very good, Adam. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. I guess you I really don't have a choice, but you know. <laughs> you know, you know, it's weird. I've always been told that taking time off during football season was a no-no. That's what that's what I've heard. That's that's the rumor around here. <laughs> yet, yet I guess it depends on who you know. So Adam Fisher off early this week, but he'll be back covering games on Friday. So let's get right into it, Andy. I want to talk about Laley. Uh, that that's really where we wanted to jump off at. They beat Ida Baker last week with a pick six, pretty thrilling victory. They win six three. They're three and zero. What have you seen from Laley that you liked? Well, I mean, uh, under new coach uh, J.J. Everidge, one of the big things is they're playing outstanding defense right now in their three games. They've, they've, uh, they've kept the score down. And uh, interesting to note that they have not been 4-0 and in a season since 1998. And uh, they'll have a chance to do that this week against Golden Gate. Uh, some of the things that Everidge has done, he, he moved uh, starting quarterback from last year, Jonas Diodon, into running back, and they they started uh, a, a kid named Stanley Hippolyte uh, at quarterback, and that 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 move has worked wonders for them. Laley always has a lot of speed. Uh, they're they're not the biggest team. They're playing very disciplined football, and uh, and they've already eclipsed last year's win total uh, so far. And it's funny whenever Fisher and I talk about Laley, I always talk about you know I know they haven't had a lot of success the last couple of years but they're always that team that can just rise up and beat you like uh they they beat mariner on a hail mary last year and he always kind of smacks me down and tells me oh you know they're not that good yeah. well guess what they're pretty good this year uh what, what do you think that they're their district hopes what do they look like uh it's gonna be tough they move into a district uh, this year with naples uh, and Barron. Uh, so that, that's a, that district in, in general is going to be uh, you know kind of a murderer's row of schedule. I mean, uh, they're already almost to five. I mean, they have two more wins there at 500. That would be a good season for them, but I think they want more than that. Like you said, they're a team with the athletes that they have on any given day, and especially if they're coached up like they've been so far, they can they can sneak up, sneak up on you. They can beat some people. So we'll have to see what they uh, you know what's in store for them. But already, like I said, they've they've uh, they've done better than they did all of last year through three weeks. So last thought on Laley, did you see their turnover championship belt? I have not seen it. I I, I read about it. I, uh, that that's a very very interesting. Uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, if you go to news-press.com yeah. and uh, NaplesNews.com, yeah. you can watch the highlights of Laley's win over Baker. And uh, I think it's Lenz Edward, yes, who yeah. had that pick six. They gave him the turnover belt, and it's like kind of like a WWE belt, yeah. but it's got the Laley logo on it. It's pretty cool. Everybody's really doing the whole turnover chain now, modeled after Miami. It's a fun thing. It looked pretty cool, and he was pretty pumped about it. Oh yeah, and that basically that play won the game for them again. Like we said, that their defense has has risen to the challenge uh, this year, and uh, I guess now with the the uh, the turnover belt, it's like adds added in- incentive for those guys to make make some plays uh, going forward. For the first time uh, since 1998 to go 4-0, that'd be a big big uh, story for them. Indeed. Well, let's move on to Lee County, a topic I want to talk about. 
Fisher and I usually we usually bag on the quarterback talent in Lee County. We haven't had many great quarterbacks come out of Lee County, but this year I think we've got some solid, solid signal callers in the county, and this they could really take their team to the next level. First guy I want to talk about, obviously, is C.J. Shedd of Cypress Lake. Uh, he went down in warm-ups against South Fort Myers with a high ankle sprain, and we didn't think we were going to be able to see him for six weeks, so rivalry game against Fort Myers, comes back, uh, Willis Reed style, Paul <laughs> Pierce style, whatever, whatever you want to say, comes into the game. I, I saw him on the sideline, and I said, he starts warming up, and I said, is this for real? Is this a for real warm-up? Are you just, you know, is this a decoy or something like that? He's like, no, I'm going in. I was like, wow. So he throws for 336 yards and three touchdowns. Cypress Lake upsets Fort, Fort Myers for the sixth time in school history out of, I would say, 51 <laughs> meetings or so. I mean, it's crazy. He's been he's a three-year starter, I would say, and he's been getting better every single year. Turnovers kind of plagued him early in his career, but he's playing some very good football. And Cypress is a team to watch out for in that district – uh, was it 5A13 where it's very very winnable yeah oh there's no doubt about it and and, and shed I've seen him play a couple times against Immokalee over the years and I was always impressed by by the, the physical tools but uh, but could he put it all together as far as like you said uh, limiting the turnovers and maybe now that this is third year starting he has the offense down pat uh, this could be his year and and like I said he, the the the, uh, the physical gifts have always been there and yeah and he was very very accurate they were just basically throwing slants and post plays and he's got some weapons around him he's got Kyrie Savoy Kobe Moore Austin Bryant those guys can play pitch and catch with him down the field so they're going to be dangerous this year. A couple other guys I want to talk about. We, we always talk about Parker O'Dell, who transferred from Cape Coral to North Fort Myers. He's been running the ball well this year. He's only thrown 26 passes because I really don't think North Fort Myers has had to throw the ball yet. Yeah. This week that could be different when they play Fort Myers, uh, considering what they saw C.J. Shedd do to Fort Myers. So we could see him open it up. Ida Baker has a, has a pretty good quarterback, and Eric Swanson. He's been playing very very well running the ball and passing the ball. Ida Baker's 2-1 and one this year. And you got Jason Joseph at Island Coast really the same kind of deal where he's running and throwing the ball well. And then you got R.J. Rosales at ECS to add him to the yeah. mix. What do you think about the way he's been playing so far? They're one and two, but they've been playing some really good teams. Yeah, they, they, they've played a lot of tough teams, and, and R.J.'s got obviously adjusting to to a new team. You know, the first game against uh, FBA didn't go uh, as planned, but he's played a little bit better since then. I lit up uh, LaBelle. Uh, I think you're going to see good things from him going forward as he gets a little bit more comfortable uh, with his new team, with his new surroundings, and they've got a lot of weapons there. And then you got Davion Palmer, Dunbar. Dunbar is a team that where we just we're begging for them, you know, to ha- have some good quarterback play. And he played really well against Sarasota Booker last week. I think he threw for 145 yards and two touchdowns. If they can get anything from the quarterback position, Dunbar's going to be dangerous this year. That, that's what, the one thing that it always seems to be the Achilles' heel with that team. I mean, you, you look at the, all these these great Dunbar teams we've had, and they've just kind of had some lackluster, maybe average quarterback play. If they could get like a, a really good quarterback to run run that offense with the athletes they have, I mean, the sky would be the limit for them. And. Also, we, we haven't mentioned Daniel Rennie yet at Oasis. 
had a great season last year, great start to the season. Oasis kind of fell off at the end, but I mean, he's put he put up some really strong stats this year and he's back again and Oasis is 2 and 0. Oh. I mean, I think that they're going to make the playoffs this year. Oh yeah, they they beat a really solid uh, Newman team uh, last week and I think that they've got uh, they, I saw them uh, I saw them last year. Uh, in a, in a spring game, uh, in a grants, it was uh, it was against Benita, but they but they looked really good, and that was like, kind of early on in their in their sex. You could kind of tell that they were going to have a good season last year. And then we go to the south part of Lee County, and you've got Xavier Estrada at Benita Springs. I think. He has the potential to be really good uh, in Rich Dombrowski's spread offense. What have you seen from him? I know you cover Benita a lot. He's got size. He's got a big arm. The one thing that they've, they've got to work on is is just a little bit of confidence, and that's a whole issue with the team. And Dombrowski says once they start believing a little bit in what they're doing, I think they'll, they'll be a lot better. But he's got all the physical tools to, to be a good quarterback, especially next year going forward. And then we would be remiss if we didn't mention – Tanner Elliott is Stero Torres ACL. He's out for the season. He was a guy that I saw him his freshman year, and I said, "Man, this kid's gonna be good." And he had some solid seasons. The the guys around him, you know, really didn't prop them up that much. But it's a shame to see him go down with the ACL tear in his senior season. You talk about uh, just just bad luck and, and just uh, horrible news for him going out in your senior season when you're when you're trying to show something, maybe, maybe get a look in college, and uh, and that's that's tough for them. And, and going forward for their team, that's that's a huge blow for them. And an, another situation that I really want to see unfold is the quarterback situation at South Fort Myers. They kind of have a two-headed monster there, Damian Bloomer and I think Gibson. Yeah, I think Gibson, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see their progression throughout the season. It was kind of tough last year with the season they had and the turnovers and everything like that, but they're 3-0 and this year. I mean, and if they can get, again, kind of like Dunbar, if they can get anything from the quarterback position, they might be tough this year. And, I mean, that would be a great turnaround story with Willis May, the new head coach there. I mean, they've already. I mean, you look like they won a game, one game all last year, and they've got three this year. I'm not a huge fan of the two quarterback system, so you'd like to see somebody step up and take that job. So we'll see how, what happens there going forward. Well, that's going to do it for our first segment. And when we come back, Andy and I are going to break down the biggest games in town. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. And we're back, and uh, we're, we're going to talk about uh, the games we're going to break down this week. We've got North Fort Myers at Fort Myers, uh, Island Coast at Ida Baker, uh, and Mockley at Barron Collier in Collier County, and Palmetto Ridge at Naples. Uh, first Where do you want to start? Uh, Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's go with you, Adam, and uh, start with uh, North Fort Myers at Fort Myers. You've seen Fort Myers you know, always, but uh, what, what, do you, what do you see from that matchup this week? Well, the Caloosahatchee rivalry is always mm-hmm. a special game. It's a really tough game, and it's a district game this year. And we haven't mentioned yet that district play starts this week. So we'll, we'll get right into it with this big opener and 6A13. Man, I, I, you got to make North Fort Myers the favorite in this game because – of they're three and zero. They've played very well. They kind of navigated a trap game last week pretty well against Mariner. They beat Riverdale, and then sandwiched in between this matchup this week was a Mariner game where it was fourteen to six at halftime. But then they kind of took over and won thirty to six. 
they've been clicking on all cylinders. I'm still waiting for them to just open it up and throw the ball, especially with uh, Division One recruit Daniel Pilgrim on the outside. And then you have Fort Myers struggling, man. Uh, obviously, we, we all thought that they would struggle with Charlotte, but I don't think really anybody saw this loss to Cypress Lake coming. And they lose 27-25, but they were inches away from winning this game. Yeah. They were on the goal line, fourth down, and they go with a quarterback sneak to Carter Lane, and Cypress Lake, they stood him up and they stopped him. I mean, for as bad as Fort Myers played and the injuries they had, John Calais was out, Yesias Young was out, and Brady Luttrell is out for a while. They still had a chance to win this ballgame, so I think Fort Myers is still dangerous. John Calais will be back this week. Yesias Young got his eligibility waiver from the FHSA. He will be back. So that three-headed backfield monster in Fort Myers with Dorian Felix, Reginald Davis, and Zamari Harvin just became a four-headed monster with one of the best running backs in Lee County. Your thoughts on this one? Uh, I mean, basically, if you if Fort Myers, if you can get some of those guys back, I mean, Coleus was a, is a big loss. Anytime and you take him out, uh, that's a that's a that's a huge loss. Uh, but it's a, again, it's a it's a toss up game. It's a rivalry game. But I think Fort Myers is better than what they've shown so far. So I expect this game uh, to be very close. So I, I, I uh, you know I like Fort Myers, but we'll go through the pick later. Tra- on, tradi- <laughs> traditionally, this game is kind of low scoring. Yeah. Uh, both teams know each other so well. I think we'll stay in Lee County, and we'll go Island Coast at Ida Baker, the Crosstown Showdown. I, you and I were saying this before the podcast. When Did we ever think that we'd be breaking down in the second segment, Ida, Ida Baker and Island Coast? Both teams are 2-1. and one. Both teams have lost to Laley. They can kind of <laughs> yeah. commiserate a little bit over the turnovers that killed them in their games against Laley. But this is a good district opener. And Island Coast is tough. Ida Baker is tough. We're, we, I talked to Ida Baker coach Chuck Fassett for the next segment. It would be interesting to hear what he has to say. I don't know where to go with this one. This is, this is crazy. Yeah. This is crazy. I think the X factor is Keon Anderson, the running back for Island Coast. He's rushed for 520 yards so far this season. He's killing it. It's going to be whether they can stop him or not, and I think yeah. Ida Baker's defenses look pretty good, so I wouldn't put it out of the question. Yeah, this is uh, and like I said, who would have thought when we were you know starting the season that you'd be breaking down this game or these teams would be at this point in the season? I think Baker's already eclipsed their win total from from last year, and and I think Island Coast does as well. So great for them, and uh, somebody's going to come out of this three and one and uh, feeling pretty good about their season so far. And to Collier County, we go Amakali at Baron Collier. I think that. This was a, a pretty good a game that you wanted to circle early in the season before R.J. Rosales transferred out of Immokalee. But what have you seen from Immokalee lately and, and the new quarterback? I'm interested to get your perspective on how the Indians have been looking, especially heading into this big district game. When you looked at their first two games and see how badly they lost, uh, you know, they, I think they lost 68-6 to to Clearwater Academy International, and then they follow that up by losing to 30, 39-6 to Tampa Jesuit. But those are two very good teams with a ton of Division One talent on them. I kind of got the feeling that once they got back into the Collier County and, and playing some teams similar to them, that they'd play better. And, la- and last week they did. They, they went up against Gulf Coast and, and showed out their defenses play. And they got like, Charles Toombs making plays all over the place. But like you said, the key to any type of success they have this year is, is, is what they're going to get out of the quarterback's position. They've had Lucas Soto early on. They've, they've gone to Pedro Arviso uh, lately. 
Um, seemed their biggest weapon offensively has been uh, Frank Pierre, the wide receiver. He had two touchdowns last week, touchdown a week before, and he had the, he had the lone touchdown against Clearwater Academy International. Uh, but last week they got the running game going a little bit more. Raheem Toombs is a really good running back. I think if their offensive line kind of comes around, he can get you yardage, as as can Dave Bellries, who's a big, big running back. They couldn't run the ball at all the first two games, and I think that was basically the teams they were going against up front just kind of you know manhandled them. I think now you're starting to see them you know have a little bit more of a balanced offense. And I think the defense is solid. They'll be tested this week against a, a good Baron Collier team who uh, can, can run the ball. I mean, last year Drew Powell had over 300 yards against them. Uh, so that's that's going to be stopping him is going to be a big uh, big uh, question for them a big key for them. It, it seems like everybody really wants to kind of bury Immokalee, yeah. and anybody who did that last year at when they started what zero and five was dead wrong because they ended up coming back and they ended up winning a play they beat Dunbar, yeah, they beat Dunbar, Dunbar, Dunbar handily Dunbar, in a yeah. playoff game. So so I will never count Immokalee out. I think this is going to be a good game. And this Baron Collier team Adam and I have been very impressed with them offensively. I mean, I think that they're they had one of their best teams last year in two decades. I think that this team is going to eclipse that. And they come away with a 29 to 17 win over Key West last week. And kind of the player of the game for that one was kicker Mason Campbell. Two onside kicks that they got. I mean, they were up 15 to nine at halftime. Yeah. And then those two onside kicks kind of really made the difference because Baron Collier made them pay for that. Interesting little wrinkle uh, it, for for a film for Ronald and Anthony and company to watch. See those two onside kicks. You got to be aware of that. I love Mark Jackson. I think he's kind of like has like a riverboat gambler type uh, mentality. I've seen in, in years past like some creative plays for two point conversions to win games late. And this is no different. Uh, he he saw something uh, uh, and, and and had two onside. I mean, I don't know if you're QS. How do you, you know, two onside kicks? They basically Baron Collier controlled the ball the entire third quarter because of that. Uh, built uh, built a, a twenty nine to nine lead and uh, Key West couldn't couldn't recover from that they turned a, a, a one score game into a 20 point game uh, just just with those that special teams play well we'll move on we've got another district game 6a14 Palmetto Ridge at Naples how does this one hit you right away I you covered Palmetto Ridge pretty closely uh, throughout the summer yeah. I mean it wasn't the best of, no. of situations but how are they how are they dealing how are they trying to come through all this adversity that they faced uh, you know, I, I had a good feeling about them going into the season. You know, I thought that they they were rallying uh, together after after the tragic death of, of Colby Singletary. But then in, in the preseason game in South Fort Myers, their quarterback Evan Rodriguez goes down, and that's been a huge blow. They they haven't been able to get the ball to their to their speeds. Their their great Division One talent, Kamonte Grimes and Malik Diodon. Uh, just last week, they finally scored their first touchdown uh, of the season. Uh, they've got a freshman, Josea Booker, quarterback now. Uh, Rodriguez's return is still in question. And, and now you got to go your 0-3, uh, despite playing pretty solidly defensively for the most part. And then, now you got to go, go, go against Naples uh, in your district opener. That's uh, you know, not, no easy task, uh, you know, to say the least. So Naples is coming off a 38-26 win over Miami Senior Pace. Does their defense concern you, considering the yardage they gave up against Monsignor Pace? Well, I mean, it does a little bit, but uh, you have to look at that. There was a, a Division One wide receiver on the other side, and he was just having his way. I think he he ended up having like 200 or I think over 300 yards of Nine receiving. Nine catches yeah. 
for 336 yeah. yards. So, I mean, that when you look at that, there's the huge chunk of, of that 500 uh, yards right well, there. Well, so are you worried about and, Naples' uh, secondary? A little bit, yeah. How can you not be after that game? But, but you know, you, you look at some of these teams from Miami, and they've got a different, sometimes different level of athletes. So I think, again, once Naples now gets into their, uh, you know, their schedule here in, in, uh, locally, I think they'll be okay. Uh, I think they'll be fine. And, and you know, Bill Kramer, and the, 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 the other thing about that is Naples finds ways to win on days that they're not that they're not at their best. And that's a sign of a great team. And, and the, again, it happened uh, last week. They, they weren't very good the, the week before against Edison, but they, they won that game. So I think you really haven't seen, you know, a great game from Naples yet, but yet they're 3-0. and So I think uh, going forward we'll see better performances from them. Well, that'll do it for our breakdown segment. When we come back, I'll sit down with Ida Baker coach Chuck Fossett. We'll be right back. After the games each week, go to naplesnews.com, news-press.com, or our apps on your mobile device for photos, videos, and analysis from games throughout Southwest Florida. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. I'm Adam Regan of the News Press, and I'm joined by Ida Baker first-year coach Chuck Fawcett. Chuck, how are we this week? Pretty good, you know, licking our wounds a little bit, had a tough loss. Uh, but uh, like I told the kids, I said they played hard. You know, we made some crucial mistakes that you can't that catch up with you. But we're ready to go. You know, it's we have a 24-hour rule where to do the same exact thing as we did when we were 2-0. and And when we came back Saturday, we corrected our mistakes, and now we're back to work on Monday. And you're referring to the last week's 6-3 loss to Laley, a game I know you're pre- you feel like you guys should have won that ball game what needed to happen for you guys to win that ball game? What did you see on film? You know, everybody looks at the interception at the end, and they t- and they took it to the house to, to win the game. But uh, you know, there was a there was a sequence in there again of a, a penalties. We had a couple penalties. We had a, a loss of uh, you know a loss of yardage, which got us behind the sticks uh, when we needed two first downs to run the clock out, um, and and we just made some very crucial young mistakes because again we are a very young football team and have never been in situations like like that as a matter of fact there's probably maybe two or three kids on the whole team that played on Friday nights last year so they weren't in that type of situation even though we've gone over it you know we had an opportunity to run the clock out you know defense played lights out you know people can say what they want that Laley team is is stacked with a lot of talent they've got some division one talent I'm sure they're going to make some noise in their division and we had them on the ropes and, and played a perfect game defensively. I think we gave up, you know, 24 yards rushing and 41 yards passing, which is amazing, and lost a football game. So, you know, it was a tough loss, but it, it was a it's it's a learning experience. Every game, and I told we don't have any losses right now. We all we have is learning experiences with this team. We corrected our mistakes, and now we got to get on to a, a, another game, another tough football team. Every week it's going to be tough, but we know if we do what we're supposed to do and worry about us and not worry about the other team that we can win every game on our schedule and Chuck every time I've talked to you since you were hired here at Ida Baker you told me that you came from Texas to Florida to win a championship now this is a program that that struggled in years how have you gone about changing the culture at, a, at this program the first time that I stepped on the campus and I met with the 
with the team. I told them I, I need three things from them, uh, you know, to change this thing around. And that was accountability was the number one thing, dependability, and then to, to give me the best effort that they can possibly give me all the time. And I said, you notice I didn't mention anything about Division One talent or anything like that. None of those things takes a D1 player or a great athlete to do. They can all, anybody can do that. And give, And if they did that, I told them we'd win a championship. And they're starting to understand that. Reality is that, that they haven't been that good in, in the last, you know, four or five years and haven't had a lot of great D1 kids come out of here. When I tell them, you know, when we beat a team to win the state championship back in 2016, we had two kids that could that could play one uh, AA football, and we beat a team that had 11 Division One players on it, and they're like, wow. So then, when they started seeing us do things like that, when we, you, you know, we since I've been here, we've been four and zero. You know, we've won four game, we won four games in a row, and gave up a total of uh, I think it was what uh, 28 points in four games. So. They're believing that that they can do that with with those three things. If we get those three things done, of course, we got to coach them up, and they've got to execute. But uh, that's kind of been the formula that that we've been preaching, and and that's you know when people talk about the process, that's our process, and they they've bought into it. So hopefully, again, we'll, we'll bounce back this week and and do the things that we need to do, and and uh, and get another winner and be, and come out three and one. You bring up this week, it's the Crosstown Showdown is what they call it. You're facing a team in Island Coast who's in a similar position. Uh, they're trying to change the culture of their program, and towards the end of last year, they started doing that just like it, in the spring and then in the preseason classic and into this year you guys are doing. What is it going to take to be successful in a rivalry game like this? Rivalry games are always a little bit more emotional. You always get a little extra. You're gonna get you're gonna get their best game, and they're gonna get our best game. The big thing is not to get too emotional about it, not too high, not too low, and really, it, it's about executing. You know, in, under those type of circumstances. So that's what we've been talking about a little bit this week. Uh, you know, we don't want to stir the boat when there's rivalries, there's there's jabbering back and forth, and we try to stay out. And, and like I said, we are worried about. Uh, at least that's what the coaches are talking about. That's what I'm preaching to my coaches to, to, to relay and that I'm talking to my team about. We're not worried about what, what they're doing or what they're saying or anything. that We need to worry about us and how we're going to execute our game plan. And if we do that, most of the time, uh, things will take care of themselves. And I know you've seen the film on Island Coast. they got a running back over there who might be one of the best running backs in this county. How do you guys go about trying to handle their running game because their quarterback can run as well we've come up against a, a two-headed monster when we went to um to lake placid they had a pretty good quarterback and a pretty good tailback actually they had two or three tailbacks so luckily we had a little action against that in the preseason where we could defend both of them mostly the last couple games we've only had one guy either the quarterback or the the running back. So again, this will be the first time in three games that we've seen where you got to worry about two. And, you know, he's a pretty good one. Uh, 28's a pretty good running back. He runs hard. We just have to be really good about our uh, on defense about being gap sound and not running out of there. And again, we've got some young kids that like to overrun and, and we have to be disciplined. And we run a gap scheme defense and, you know, it's, it's uh, tailored to stop the run. 
and then we want to make them pass. It's going to be their strength against our strength. You know, you're not going to shut a kid like that down because he's such a good uh, running back, but you want to limit, you know, his damage and what he's going to do uh, and then make them beat you with somebody else. And how tired are you of hearing, hey, Ida Baker, they've got as many wins as they've had in the last two years, and, I mean, they should really be satisfied with that. And this already is a great season for them. And, I mean, but there's a lot of season left, no? Matter of fact, as you came in here, we were just discussing that with the team as I was letting them go, you know, and 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 the complacency, you know, we're talking about, hey, do you want to be complacent or do you want to be great? You know, and like I said, I came here uh, – with with the idea of of winning a championship and if we want to win a championship we can't be complacent or happy with just two wins or okay now it's it's all right we are what we were doing we told the win title whatever we're not shooting for that we're shooting to be the best weekend we want to win every game on our schedule and we have to have that type of mindset so we've talked about that and ability and effort we will just keep preaching that and until the cows come home and as long as those kids buy in i think we'll be fine and Chuck, last question for you. The, the quarterback position is so important and at every single level, especially the high school level. You've got a pretty solid quarterback in Eric Swanson. I think he's one of the more underrated players in this area. What does he bring to the table, and how far can he carry you guys? I'll tell you, I've been doing this a long time, and believe it or not, I've, I've won a championship. I've played for a couple of them, and he is probably the best quarterback I've had now, not, maybe not the most talented, but, but he's probably the best one I've had. The thing that he brings to the table is his passion to be good. He wants to be good. I love the kid. I mean, I do. I just I, – I have uh, – he's just a – he's a great kid. He wants to win so bad. Almost sometimes it's you have to calm him down. He will do whatever if it – if he wants – if you ask him to be up here eight hours a day, he would be up here. He studies – he works hard and he's talented, and so those are the things I love about him. He's young, you know. He's not as experienced as some of the guys here, but just like you said, I think he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league right now. He's going to get better and better uh, as we go because I know he's going to work and he's going to do the things that, that that he needs to do to get better as a football player and as as a person. So that's what I like about that kid and. And I think he, like I said, he's so young. The more experienced he gets, the better he's going to be. And the lucky, the great thing about it is he's, I got him for one more year after this. So, well, Chuck, I appreciate the time, man, and I wish you guys the best of luck in the Crosstown Showdown. All right, I appreciate it. And when we come back on the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, Andy Sidegren and I will pick the Crosstown Showdown and a couple other games. We'll be right back. For the most in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to naplesnews.com and news-press.com. Follow us on Instagram at newspresssports and NDN Prep Zone. On Twitter, NPHS Sports and NDN underscore Prep Zone or download our apps. Welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. And this is everybody's favorite segment, and especially my favorite segment, the pick segment. Adam Fisher isn't here to defend himself this week. <laughs> but uh, An- Andy Soderingren is going to be picking for Fisher, and hopefully he's going to be doing a little better than Fisher's been doing. Last week, 
I go nine and one to up my total to twenty one and nine. Fisher has a pretty good week, but still loses two games on me. He goes seven and three. Now he's sixteen and fourteen over five hundred. Andy, you need to help him out a little bit. I can't do much worse, so let's uh, let's go for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump right into it. North Fort Myers at Fort Myers. I'm a, you're our guest, so it's your honor. Tell me who you're picking. I am going to take Fort Myers. I think they're going to be uh, ticked off after last week's uh, loss to Cypress Lake. They got some guys coming back. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I'm going to go Fort Myers 17-16. Fisher, you're already 0-1. <laughs> North, North Fort Myers is going to win this game. I, I think that they have the physicality up front to really hang with Fort Myers, and I think if they can stop Fort Myers' wing T attack. John Calais and Yesias Young will be back. That will be great additions, but I think North Fort Myers – they're kind of rolling here, so I will go with the Red Knights. Immokalee at Baron Collier. I'm going to pick first in this one. I'm going to go with Baron Collier. I like their offense. Uh, Immokalee, I th- still think that they have some growing up to do in from the quarterback situation. But then again, you know, there's always that big play situation. Uh, a Tombs brother here, a Tombs brother there, and this could be an upset. I'm going to go with uh, Baron Collier as well. I think that they're, they're, they're the better balanced team right now, but you can never count Immokalee out. I think it's going to be close, but uh, I'm going to go uh, Baron uh, 24-20. Ooh, and Andy is picking scores here. Hey, so, yeah. So I do what I, I can. Maybe I, might, maybe I might be in trouble. Well, Laley at Golden Gate. Andy, you're up. Tell us what you got. I like Laley here. Uh, their defense is playing really well. Uh, they've had a chance, like I said, to go 4-0 for the first time since 1998, my first year out of college, by the way. And that's got going with the way back machine there. Uh, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to take Laley, even though I think Golden Gate's playing pretty well, 20-13 to there. I'm going to go with Golden Gate in this one. I'm going to go right. opposite of you. I like the way they've been playing. Uh, they beat Estero last week, right? Benita. Or Benita. And Estero. They have game. beaten Estero yes. and Benita. They've kind of run the gamut of South Lee yeah. County. Love their quarterback. I, I think I think they have what it takes to win this game. I'm going to go with Golden Gate. Next game, Palmetto Ridge at Naples. I think this is kind of the free square on the uh, bingo board. I'm going to go with Naples. <laughs> yeah, you got to go with uh, Naples. I'm going to say uh, 34 to six here. I just don't see Palmetto Ridge unless they can get Evan Rodriguez back. And even if they do, it's going to be it's going to be tough sledding for them. And I picked this game specifically because it is a toss up. Estero traveling to LaBelle. Two teams that are have been struggling a little bit. LaBelle coming off a big loss to Cluiston. I mean, they're they have a bad taste in their mouth after losing that big to Cluiston, and then you have Estero, which is uh, has lost Tanner Elliott for the season. I'm gonna go with LaBelle at home because I think it's one of the toughest places to play in Southwest Florida. I'm gonna take Estero. I know I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna say Estero, uh, twenty to sixteen. Uh, I think that they'll they'll rise to the occasion uh, this week with uh, with their quarterback down and their backup, but uh, threw for a touchdown uh, last week. So I think uh, they're gonna be all right there. What do you what do you know about their backup? Uh, Sage Hazlip. I've seen him play a few times. Saw him in the uh, in the spring game. Looked pretty good. So I, I think they'll be okay. And I think they'll be okay this week. And then we'll go to Lee County for the home opener at Evangelical Christian School. Uh, they lost a couple home games because they were putting their turf field down. Well, they're going to open it up. It's Ernest Graham's first game at home for ECS. They're playing 1A Power Hawthorne. I think this is a very, very interesting game. I'll let Andy have it. Andy, you can have a crack at it first. Uh, 
Well, I'm going. I'm going to go with the uh, the local team, but I have a little trepidation with that. But uh, I think the game with their, their turf. I'll go ECS here, uh, 24-21. I don't know a whole lot about Hawthorne. I will be uh, you know, forthcoming about that. They're a rural program. They're very solid. It's a long trip down here for them. If you went with Hawthorne, I was going to go with ECS. So you're going with ECS. I will take Hawthorne in this right. one, like uh, just to have a little bit of difference. Uh, I'm a little. I'm kind of a contrarian here, so. I like it. Another key game, Crosstown Showdown in Cape Coral. District opener for both teams. Island Coast at Ida Baker. Oh, man, I don't know where to go with this <laughs> one. I. It's like I should just get flip a coin or something like that. I mean, these are two pretty good teams. They're both tough on defense. I'm going to go with Keon Anderson and Island Coast, but I am not confident at all. When uh, when you go with, with a toss up type of game, I like to go with the team that's got the best player on the field, and I think they've got that. So Island Coast uh, in that one. Uh, I thought you were going to go with the home team in a toss up. No, game. but I, I I just go with the be- I like the best player in that situation. True, true. Especially in high school. Sarasota Cardinal Mooney at Riverdale. Riverdale coming off getting it handed to them by Charlotte, which you know who hasn't gotten it handed to them by Charlotte. And then you got a Cardinal Mooney team who's struggling a little bit this year. Riverdale at home is really tough. Andy, your thoughts? Well, I have a feeling you're going to go with the home team, so I'm going to go with Mooney here. Again, I don't have a whole lot to base that on. Let's see what you have to say on this one. Uh, Riverdale, they lost a lot of pieces from last year, so we'll see uh, see how they uh, how they turn out this year. Yeah, well, Riverdale lost a lot of pieces from last year, and they've got a lot of pieces on the sideline. So it's been kind of a tough road. I mean, they the, the team they've lost to – Charlotte, and they lost to North Fort Myers in so a, no a close one. No shame there. Yeah. No. So I'm going to go with Riverdale in this one. I don't really know who all they're going to have out on the field because they've got a lot of injuries, uh, some other issues as well. So I don't know. This could be a real tough one for Riverdale, but I'm going to stick with the Raiders. Cape Coral at Cypress Lake. Cypress Lake, probably the hottest team in Lee County right now. And I'm going to go with Cypress Lake. I, I think they're a different team with C.J. Shedd. Those guys want to play for that kid. Those receivers, they can get open, and C.J. can find them. I'm going to go with Cypress. Yeah, I think it's a pretty pretty easy pick here. Uh, Cypress over Cape. Pretty big. I don't think this is another tough one. Uh, opener in 5A13, you've got Mariner, who's 0-3. But really, they lost close games to Island Coast and Baker. And then they're going to play at DeSoto County, who was my pick to win this district, uh, you know, in the preseason. I think that's going to be a tough place to play. I'm going to go with DeSoto County. Just to be the contrarian here, I'll, I'll go with Mariner. Didn't you say they played North Tough for, for a little while last week? So I think let's go. Uh, I'm going to go with the, the Tritons here. Well, that'll do it for our pick segment. And I want to thank you, Andy, for stepping in and filling Adam Fisher's role. Uh, he's a... Uh, it's always nice to have someone who is level-headed and uh, doesn't throw out the hot takes. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard the last couple of weeks he's been starting a campaign to start uh, calling Tarpon Stadium up in Charlotte the aquarium rather than the fishbowl. It doesn't make a whole yeah. lot of sense to me considering an aquarium is basically a whole bunch of big fishbowls right. and fish tanks. Yes, exactly. It really didn't make a whole lot of sense, yeah. but that, that's the hill he's willing to die, die on. <laughs> but So I appreciate your level-headedness in this edition of the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast.
Thanks. Thanks for going easy on me. Uh. <laughs> yeah, no problem. No problem. Well, you're welcome back anytime. And we'd also like to thank our wonderful producer, Andrea Melendez, for making us sound thank you, Andrea. so professional. And don't forget to go to news-press.com and naplesnews.com for all your coverage on Friday night of Week 4 action. Andy Sodergren's going to be at Palmetto Ridge at Naples. I'm going to be at North Fort Myers at Fort Myers. After the games, we'll have analysis, highlights, and photo galleries. And Fisher will be back next week, I think, for next week's podcast. So don't forget to tune in. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download every Thursday at noon to get you ready for the coming week.